Coming up on this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. Step one, everyone says it's not fun. It's dangerous to go alone. So the Nintendo Cartridge Society goes with you. Welcome to Nintendo Cartridge Society. My name is Patrick Ellers. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Mark Mitchell. We've got a good show for you tonight. Uh, we are going to be talking about the news from the week, including the Smash Brothers Limited Edition. And then on Thursday, we're going to be doing one of two things. Either we're going to be talking about the Nindy Direct, which leads us right into the news. Okay, today... Tuesday, August 29th at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, Nintendo will be releasing a Nindy Showcase on their YouTube channel. We mentioned the possibility of this last week around the Nintendo Indie Spotlight that kicked off Gamecom last week. Mm -hmm. um, remember, like, Damon Baker teased more to come. And at that time, I said, do you think we have a Nindy uh, Direct coming? And Mark said, no, absolutely yeah, not. Yeah, I think I shot that down <laughs> hard and fast. Mm -hmm. um, so kind of no word on how long we can expect this presentation to be. Also, maybe it's just like a North American-focused version of what we saw at Gamescom. Could be a total rehash of, so, of all that stuff. But maybe it won't be. There's still you know, lots of... in. D or Nindy related news <laughs> for uh, them to talk about. Mm -hmm. Games that we have heard about that we haven't uh, gotten like closure on, like Killer Queen Black, like Super Meat Boy Forever, like Wargroove, um, and uh, Shovel Knight, the new Shovel Knight campaign. Yeah, I'm feeling a little unstuck in time like Dale Cooper at the end of Twin Peaks, where you're just like, haven't how have these games not come out yet? I, I feel like we've been talking about these games for uh, these very games, except for Killer Queen Black, for like as long as I can remember at this point. Yeah. All, we've well, always think, been talking about Super Meat Boy. Well, and I will, I will never stop talking about uh, Shovel Knight. So, but I feel like that's a me problem. <laughs> all right, Mark, let's get out of the news. So either we're going to talk about that thing on Thursday or... Um, Mark and I have been playing uh, A Link Between Worlds. I've been playing A Link Between Worlds, and you've been playing Link's Awakening. Um, is sort of uh, is this uh, boning up for our uh, Zelda NPC discussion yeah, a little bit? I, yeah, I think so. Okay, so but it means that we have uh, like fresh thoughts and impressions on these games, uh, and so if we're not talking about that Nindy showcase, Nindy Direct, whatever it's called, uh, we will be talking about these Zelda games. Okay, now the show's back on track. This has thrown me a little bit for a loop. Uh, You're ready to close this out. I'm ready to close it out because I said, let's get out of the news. I feel like the show's over. I'm ready to go to bed. Um, what has been happening here, instead of going to bed, uh, we'll say, here's, what, here's what's going on. We are having this conversation about our favorite Zelda NPCs. That was an easy transition I should not have butchered. <laughs> I thought that was smooth. I loved it. Thank you. It. Thank you. Uh, so we, look, we got a tweet from one of our listeners uh, from Chandler at ChandlerLee underscore 96. Uh, Chandler says, okay, I'm trying to list the NPCs, but in a series with 21 original releases, I need all the restraints I can get. So I can't remember how many NPCs are we are going to be on the definitive list. 
so far I've just been let loose to a list, but uh, oh, okay. go ahead, Mark. <laughs> I've been just let loose to list all but Link, and that's an obscene number. Okay, so Chandler is correct, of course. We are going to come up with the single greatest. Yeah, Chandler, bad news. It's not a list at all. Like it w- the it's not going to be a top 10. No. It's going to be the definitive. The definitive best. Do you remember when we did this with uh Smash uh Smash Brothers? Oh, uh, we still have the bruises, the emotional scarring. We do, and that Jigglypuff made it too far, I dare say. <laughs> I remember when we did this with uh starting Pokémon? Again, bruises. Here's the one place where uh, Chandler's totally right, though. There are too many NPCs. That's why we need your help. We need your opinions. Otherwise, Mark and I are just going to be here shouting tingle at each other for an hour. <laughs> like it's some acting exercise. Tingle. 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 We need you to help us throw a couple extra words in there. So if you have your favorite Zelda NPC or your least favorite, you should email us at Nintendo Cartridge Society at gmail.com and become part of the conversation. Uh, very appreciative to everyone who has already emailed us. Uh, it's very exciting. The list is good and competitive. And Mark, I haven't shared any of it with you yet. It's true. But people have some strong opinions. And some interesting opinions. As you should. Yes, of course. Okay, so here's the thing. We are releasing that episode September 13th, which means we will probably record it on September 10th, which means... There's, no, there's no probably about it, by the way. We have a <laughs> Google Calendar appointment with the two of us and our special guest. Oh, right. So, I mean, that might as well be tattooed on us in that <laughs> case. Right. Um, so you better mm-hmm. get your uh, feelings in mm-hmm. now rather than later. Uh, and in the meantime, if you just got extra emails lying around and you want to send us one, you can borrow my copy of Sonic Forces. This program is going great, by the way. It is going great. The game is coming in. It's going out. People are excited about it again, not least of which is me, because I like not having the thing in the house. Uh, if you would like to borrow my copy of Sonic Forces, send an email with your snail mail address to Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com. gmail.com. I send it to you with return postage. It comes back to me and everyone plays Sonic Forces. Not together, but we all play it and then we can commiserate about it together. Mark, are you ready to get into what we've been playing this yeah, week? Yeah, let's do it. Patrick. Mark. I am sorry to tell you. What? I'm sorry to tell the world uh. that this entire week... I played no video games. No video games so all week. I would love to live vicariously through you and hear about what you were playing. Well, prepare to be disappointed because <laughs> I, I've been I've been playing a lot of A Link Between Worlds. Oh, okay. That's not bad. I um, thought you also were going to say, I haven't been no, playing anything No, I, I actually had kind of a, a chill weekend of, of playing a, a lot of games. Um, but I played a, a ton of A Link Between Worlds. It's a game that I really like and missed when it came out five years ago. It's a 2013 game. Does that seem crazy to you? That does. Um, and uh, yeah, obviously we are going to possibly be talking about it on Thursday, and if we don't, well, maybe the week after. So I will hold some of my thoughts on it, but uh, you know, suffice to say, I think it's really good, and um, I love it. A-, a Link to the Past is one of my favorite games of all time, um, and just if, if this thing simply allowed me to revisit that world in a slightly different context, I'd be like, yeah, one of the greatest games of all time, obviously. Um, but I feel like it does even more than that. Uh, and I am enjoying it greatly. Maybe we'll have to revisit our Zelda rankings at some point to include handheld releases. Uh, that is a great point. Uh, 
you wanted we could also just do the handheld games. This yeah. is this is an off mic conversation, I think. <laughs> Although, uh, what do you think we should do? A Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com. Um, I have also been playing Lovers in a Dangerous Space Time with my girlfriend Sarah. Um, it was my birthday on Friday, and I invoked birthday privilege to, <laughs> to play Lovers in a Dangerous Space Time together. Um, and it's a super fun game, and she was uh, into it and uh, wanted to play more um and we did so <laughs> it's a good game have you have you ever played it mark no i haven't so you're you you are uh two to four little guys running around inside a spaceship that you control um the four different directional guns the engine and like a shield um and so you have to like be at these different stations to actually operate the ship and it's just a fun like exercise in uh communicating with each other seems like something i would really like i really like cooperative games like that yeah i mean it's it's like a mix between you know a a normal space shmup and like overcooked basically where you're like i thought you were on the shield they're like no i had to fly us out of there (laughs) um so there's a lot of good shouting at each other um and then the last game that i've been playing i got my hands on an xbox one s um so i've been playing cuphead Oh, nice. The S stands for sexy. Oh, yeah. Um, what does the X stand for? Sleek, small. I don't know that it stands for anything. Not X, I guess, <laughs> is what it stands for. Um, but yeah, so I've, I've been playing Cuphead on it, uh, which feels like such a Nintendo-y game um, and is hard, but not in a uh, like unforgiving. Or I, it is unforgiving, but not in like an unfair way. Like I always know why I messed up. Um, so I'm, I'm enjoying that a lot, but you know, we'll keep my impressions of it to a, to a minimum. Cause it's not an, to our Xbox game. show, to our Xbox show, Xbox, not even disc society. What would you yeah, call it? X- um, paying for X, like pay, we're all paying for Xbox gold. Is that what it, we would call it? Sure. Yes. Uh, Xbox, Xbox game pass society. I don't like it, Mark. It's a bad <laughs> podcast. Let's never listen to it. Also, uh, wanted to point out, um, that, uh, we spoke about gone home last week. Uh, and that it would be a fun game to pick up and actually experience, because neither of us have ever done that. Turns out, uh, Gone Home was delayed to September. Why do we even do new releases? Yeah. Well, good question, Mark. But in the meantime, let's get into the new releases and what we might be playing next week. All right, August twenty eighth, Monster Hunter Generations Ultimate is out on Switch. Crazy that this is. Already. Yeah. I know. It, I can't believe it's the end of August already. Yeah, that's true. Uh, it's back to school time. Back to Monster Hunter time. <laughs> uh, you played a little bit of the Monster Hunter... Generations demo. Right. On, on 3DS. On 3DS, yeah. Um, and... I found it very complex. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so you think that you will probably regard this Ultimate in the same way that you regarded the original Generations? Yes, that's right. Where I'm... Uh, a respectful distance, like a python, right? You admire right. it, but you do not engage. Not like you are a python. <laughs> no, that's right. <laughs> right. Although, uh, if I were a python, I would be a respectful python. You think so? I Yeah, I'd like to think so. A, a swift death. You can't be a respectful python and live for very long. Right. But I would die with honor. Mark the respectful python. <laughs> if you would like the rights to that children's book, you can email us at nintendocartridgesociety at, at gmail.com. Uh, Rocket League Ultimate Edition is out today. And De Blob 2. Um, also, it should be noted that The Walking Dead uh, Complete First Season is coming out today as well. Um, are, did I 
see a headline earlier this week that all of the Walking Dead games are coming to the Telltale Walking Dead games are coming to Switch. Oh, I, I'm not sure. I may have. I made that might be a mistake. I mean, it kind of makes sense if you're going to bring one of them. Well, and they they are bringing the the most recent as well, uh, the the fourth uh-huh. season. So you know, there there are games in the middle there. We'll put them all out. Well, maybe it'll be like uh, seasons of The Simpsons on DVD. Where they're like, here are the first ones to season 25 or something. (laughs) That's so weird. Simpsons. Uh, And then on the 30th, The Messenger comes out. Yep. I'm excited about that. I want, uh, I really, uh, Messenger looks so cool. It's like a uh, Ninja Gaiden style game where it switches between 8 and 16 bit um, as you like progress through time periods or something. I don't know. It looks dope. I'm, I'm very interested in it. And maybe we'll find out more about it on the Nindy Showcase. Probably not. Comes out in three days. Let's just wait till then. All right, uh, Mark. Are, are there any of th- any games on there that you're interested in picking up? Uh, no. I still from last week. I'm interested in uh, Little Dragon Cafe. Is that what it's called? Oh yeah. But I just didn't haven't picked it up yet. Well, uh, we will check back in on that next week. All right, Mark. Let's get out of the new releases. And now it's time for a regular segment on our show. It's time for 433. In 1952, American composer John Cage wrote a piece called 433, wherein a performer or group of performers didn't play their instruments for 4 minutes and 33 seconds. For the purposes of this show, Mark and I, our our instruments are talking about Nintendo. That's the instrument that we play in this, on this show. So, for the duration of one performance of 433, Mark and I will talk about something not at all Nintendo-related, thus fulfilling the contract of the piece. Mark, let's talk about air conditioning. How do you feel about air conditioning? In general, I'm a fan. Uh, <laughs> recently, uh-huh. um, it's too much. A little too much. Recently, you've had too much air conditioning. Yeah, it's been... You've m- been working in a server room at, at work. and no, It's not really a server room. Mark works in a server <laughs> room. <laughs> but, it, but it is kept very cold. Um, For the benefit of some computers. Right, right. exactly. And so uh, it has gotten to the point where I am just... Always like I am currently wearing a winter coat. Yeah, and it it did cause me to remark, "Hey, what's up with the winter coat?" It was like eighty degrees outside. Yeah, yeah. yeah Lots yeah. of people at work were like, "Are you cold?" And the answer is yes. I am very cold. I am so cold right now. Do you know where I feel like there's too much air conditioning? Anywhere in Arizona. Arizona or Florida is the exact same way. I feel like anywhere where it's like hot all the time and like very hot. Yeah. Well, and Florida's got that mugginess, too, oh, where it's like, man. if you're not controlling what's going on, it's going to be water pouring from the walls. So it's like, to co- to compensate for how hot it gets outside, Yes, uh, the air conditioning is the opposite extreme. Buildings yes. are too cold. Too cold. So you need, like, a parka and, like, a scarf uh-huh. just to make it through. Now, look, I realize perhaps we're coming off as Luddites here on our Nintendo podcast. <laughs> I do also. Uh, I like, I like air conditioning. Yes, I like to, I like to be right. cool and comfortable. Uh huh. I applaud air conditioning. Hooray for air conditioning. I remember being in Florida. Yeah. And like, uh, <laughs> where I uh, when I wore glasses and being inside in the air conditioning, walking outside and my glasses would like fog up immediately. Yes. Like the extreme in temperature difference was like so significant. See, I had I had the same experience when I was in Appleton in college, but the road the reverse that I would come in from the outdoors where it would be negative four degrees. Oh, see that that I love. 
You they, love coming inside. And I love coming to... inside and having it be warm. Yeah, you know when it's like nice. cold outside. Like that's that's wonderful. I you, wish we could all experience that all day, every day. Coming inside, but here I don't want to be cold though. I don't want to have that. Like I'm outside and cold. I don't yeah, want that I'm, experience. No, 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 no. I'm I'm not saying that I want the cold part. I'm uh-huh. saying I want. I wish I could constantly be experiencing that first Being moment of like warm. warm. Yes. Um. So this is the first apartment that I've lived in since I moved to LA that has not had central air. Um, we have like a, it's not a window unit. It's like a wall unit, right? Right. Um, there's this one here and there's another one in the bedroom. So like we've got our AC bases covered, but man, they're loud. The air conditioning is loud. Are you like white noise sleepers? So um, do you guys have like a fan going? I, I like to have a fan going pretty much all the time. Um, Sarah has become sensitive to like uh, ha- uh, her hair being blown around uh-huh. uh, by a fan, um, and so <laughs> or I mean you know poltergeist, <laughs> right? A poltergeist or like some really good rock and roll music, like a good <laughs> guitar solo. <laughs> I mean you can shred. <laughs> yeah, that's right, and I do frequently in bed, and I can understand. I understand the complaint is what I'm saying. <laughs> um, but so yeah, I, I like a little bit of of white noise, and like if I have the constant of like the air is on all night, fine. But the air conditioning unit in our bedroom has an energy saver mode, which is good. I like the planet. But it uh, will kind of like turn, switch itself like on and off and like into like a lower mode and then like back on to full oh, power yeah, mode. Yeah, yeah. And so it's not the, a constant white noise. It's like a weird fluctuation. Why did you ask about white noise? Because uh, you mentioned that they were very loud, that air conditioners were very loud. Yeah, it's just it's uh, the one out here is loud enough to the point where if I'm going to. Well, well, I, I guess. guess we will never know. Uh, we were accompanied today by the GVSU New Music Ensemble featuring, featuring soloist Todd Reynolds. All right, Mark, let's get into the news. Super Smash Bros. Ultimate is getting a special limited edition that comes with the game, a steelbook case, and a pro controller. The whole package will set you back $139.99. Pre-orders are already up on Best Buy. You can uh, buy the controllers separately for seventy-four ninety-nine. Uh, the regular Pro controllers are seventy bucks, like sixty-nine ninety-nine. Uh-huh. So you're paying a little bit of a premium, but it's pretty cool looking, and it doesn't look like it's just like a decal or something. Uh, so well, let me ask you this: If so, the the special edition with the controller is one hundred and forty bucks, and the uh, Pro controller with the Smash Brothers branding on it is $75, which means you're paying $65 for the game, which is normally 60 just for like the steelbook. All right. I mean, yeah. It doesn't, I, it doesn't seem like a good I, deal to me is what I'm saying. I mean, I guess if you like steelbook cases, yeah, then for five bucks, that's maybe not a bad deal. I generally think the collector's editions of games are crappy. Like, when they include a statue or something. Right. Like, the statues are usually cheap. Yes. And you're play- paying, like, a really high premium for them. Like, I guess, like, the one time that you're like, huh, in theory this has utility was when that Call of Duty, can't remember which one it was, came with, like, night vision goggles. Like, real night vision goggles? Real, like, night vision goggles. i sure the special, that, like, Ultimate Edition or whatever costs, like, $200. Right, because night like, vision goggles, as we know from Jurassic Park, are heavy and therefore expensive. <laughs> But I mean, this this at the very least is all stuff that you would use with Smash Brothers, right? Sure. I mean, the steelbook the... case will 
protect your cartridge? Yes. I mean, it, more than a uh, more than a statue, or I mean, like I've got oh a, sure yeah, I've got a uh, collector's edition of Uncharted Three, um, and it came with like a, a statue and like a, a you know Drake's ring and like a belt buckle. Um, <laughs> And is that the belt buckle that you're always wearing? Yeah, uh, yeah th- around my neck. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, this little thing. Yeah, yeah, the one that you keep tucked under your t-shirt that says "Ask me about my belt buckle." <laughs> That's right. That's weird that it's under my t-shirt. I expect people to read it through my t-shirt. Well, your t-shirts are so tight that <laughs> they can see. <laughs> That's you know, right. Like it's the... raised lettering. That's right. <laughs> um, but uh, you know, at least this is uh, this is all like you will play the game with the pro controller, and you know it's a multiplayer game. You're probably going to want to have more controllers on hand. Yeah. Uh, so at least it sort of makes sense. How do you feel about the appearance of the controller itself? Well, if anyone listened to our uh, summer game episode, yes, from last week, then you know that my hands are apparently filthy because when I was playing with the Wii motes, they uh-huh. would always you know get dirty, and so uh, I like this idea like i like a like white sneakers or a white t-shirt where you're like this is a good idea in theory i'm going but to this ruin is going to get dirty so quickly with my body oils yeah right uh yeah because the grips on the controller are white like a bright white um and the there's like a smashball logo on the uh, face of the controller which isn't the same white it's like a it's like a gray kind yeah, of difficult to tell if it's just the photo but I, I i agree it does not look like it's the same um but yes i I agree. It seems like something that we are, uh, if if one of us gets a hold of, we are going, it's going to turn yellow. Uh, or like, you know, we'll be playing and like eating Cheetos or something and it's going to get ruined. Um, but it's kind of the same way I feel about my Xbox controller, which is also white. Um, I don't know. It it looks okay. I think it's, I don't love the Smashball like logo on it. It looks, I, I recognize that it's not just a decal. Um, but like, I don't know. I feel like it looks dumb. Yeah. I'm glad that it's not just a decal though. Yes, definitely. Cause that would be, I mean, I guess I don't really care cause I'm not going to buy this. Great point. <laughs> so, you know, if it was just a decal, that would actually also be fine with me. Now you're not going to buy, uh, buy it because you are of course a GameCube controller purist. That's right. Is that right? <laughs> yeah. I was ready to be furious. <laughs> If the GameCube controller was not supported. Uh, in other Smash Ultimate news, Best Buy Canada's product listings for the Wolf, Ridley, and Inkling Girl Amiibo suggest some in-game functionality. The listings suggest that you can add the characters into the game by scanning the Amiibo, so basically like unlocking them from the character screen. Seems mm-hmm. like this would be one way you can do it. No one has confirmed this. Um as a way or i guess like i guess the worry would be the only way but that feels very unlikely to unlock characters in the game but it's worth noting that this process has not been detailed by nintendo in any way yet right they did say that uh you would be unlocking characters regularly because it only starts with the the original roster right as Uh, as selectable characters that i that is my memory of it yeah um which is super small um, but you know, any, anytime you do anything, you'll unlock more characters, which is fun, right? That's a fun thing to experience. Uh, I, I don't even know that I would necessarily even want to scan the amiibo in to uh, unlock the new characters. I don't know. What do you think about it? Do you think that's a, a good, like a, a good carrot for those things? Of- yeah. I mean, I think it's fi- fine as like an alternative, right? If you just want to yeah, scan you don't and get it over with. Earn it um, a different way. Right. But my hope, yeah, is that you'll just be unlocking characters like left and right. Cause you know, that is fun when like 
a uh, new one is unlocked and you have to defeat them in battle. So you yeah. can, you know, like that whole process is really fun. Yep, agreed. Shigeru Miyamoto gave a talk at this year's CEDEC, the Computer Entertainment Developers Conference, his first time being there in 10 years. Uh, he talked about a number of things, like creating games with player-driven goals. I So I thought this whole thing was cool. I uh, read a, um, a write-up of it on Reset Era. Um, but yeah, so the he's, he started, uh, like you said, with this thing about like player-driven goals and that um, you know, like back in the day when he uh, was first um, designing games, that it was kind of based on a arcade, like quarter munching uh, mentality of like, you know, we have the goal. The goal is to make the player keep playing. Um, but that like as the games evolve, that the players can sort of select and form their own goals. Um, and that like Mario 64 was like the first time that like he felt like they actually realized that. Um, and that like Odyssey is sort of the like pinnacle of that design of going in, getting, you know, achieving one goal and then having the total freedom to select a, a, another goal in the same space. Yeah, that's a great point, especially in like Odyssey. It's like, oh, if you don't want to get that moon, you don't have to. Yeah. You'll just like find another one. Yeah. I, Sarah and I were talking about Odyssey the other day when like I was back in it uh, and she was like, she had mentioned that like uh, one of the reasons she doesn't want to go back in and like play the game again or play it more is that the moons that she didn't get the first time are the moons that she meant to skip, <laughs> right? <laughs> She's like, I'm not going to drive that remote control car around in New Donk City. I don't want to do that. Um, and I totally get that. He also talked about uh, Super Mario Run, mm -hmm. talking about some of the trials they had developing a mobile Mario game. Yeah. Uh, one thing he mentions here is that the game ended up being too difficult for the target audience. Yeah, that like um, th the idea that you could uh, die or like not achieve a goal and then like have to try the level over and over again, um, which I you know was one of the things that drew me to the game is that it felt more like a Mario game. Um, but yeah, so the I guess their their way of addressing this was to introduce the um, Remix Ten uh, levels where even if you die uh, trying to get through a level you just move on to the next one. And, you know, it's all about, like, trying to do a, a, a small group of levels without dying, um, but dying doesn't stop you from uh, proceeding. Which is, it, it's an interesting thing and, like, something I didn't totally put together as, like, how it changes the way the game functions and how accessible it is. He also talked about how he was surprised at the success of Pokemon Go, uh, saying that he, like, he found the game too simplistic for mm -hmm. a mobile game, and so he was surprised to see how well it was received, but now he uh, respects the simplicity of it. Saying that uh, he was maybe viewing it too much as a console developer and being like, there's no gameplay here. <laughs> Why would people do this? Uh, he also talks about like criticism and game development. So this is super cute, and where the joke at the top of our show came from. Um, he like wrote up a little like flowchart of like what it's like to develop games and like doubt yourself and get criticism and feedback from people. Um, so if you'll indulge me, Mark, I'd like to just go yeah, through e each of the steps. Um, step number one, everyone says it's not fun. This is everyone, by the way. <laughs> step number two, even you yourself don't know anymore and you decide to come up with new concepts. Step number three, coming up with concepts take takes time you start to feel frustrated step number four even after looking at results it still doesn't strike you as fun partially return to step number two <laughs> uh and then i guess when you finally break through that to step number five you start to come up with various concepts and now can't imagine how to bring those elements together 
Step number six, because you can't string them together, it can't become a refined idea. You get more frustrated and, uh, and uh, your thinking becomes less flexible. And then step number seven is return to step one, which means that no matter what, you always go back to everyone says it's not fun. I feel like that's like uh, anytime you do any sort of creative enterprise where you're like creating something from scratch. Yes. I think that's so relatable. Yeah. That you're like, you, you have an idea and you execute it in one way or another, and it's not going to be as good as you want it to be. And you're going to show it to people who are like, okay, this is not as fun is <laughs> it not fun and then you yourself are like oh my god i'm terrible and you just keep trying to refine it and add things and subtract stuff uh truly disheartening <laughs> um but one thing that he said uh kind of like wrapping it all up is that even when getting the harshest criticism to uh, accept it uh with positivity um because that is the only way that things improve uh both from like a workflow standpoint and just like for a quality of life thing um just approach it all with positivity like we do on this show. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, also, if anyone tells me that this podcast is not fun, I am blocking you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in an interview with Dual Shockers, Bethesda's Senior VP of Marketing and Communication, Pete Hines, spoke to uh, the process of porting Bethesda games like Doom, Doom, Etern- Doom Eternal, and Wolfenstein 2 to Switch and how it differs to bring something like Rage 2 to the platform. So he says, we've talked about it, uh, speaking about, getting Rage 2 on Switch. We've talked about it, but it's a completely different engine and tech. The nice thing about Doom, Wolf, and Wolfenstein and Doom Eternal is that it all uses id tech. Rage 2 uses Avalanche's engine. So it's a different beast in terms of a seamless open world that you can play like that. We've talked about it some, still uncertain whether that could ever work on the Switch. So I guess not like a, a, a big surprise there, but um, it's, I guess, interesting to note that there are like engines that they're working in that they're like, oh yeah, that one will not work on Switch. Yeah, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if, like, a similar thing is what keeps something like Monster Hunter World off of, you know, Switch and stuff like that. Just developed on a different framework. Yeah, with, like, a different goal in mind. Yeah. Uh, Also, in an interview with IGN, Heinz said that the decision to bring games to the Switch was hugely popular and that it was important to announce Doom Eternal for Switch right away. Uh, which is nice. I, I I mean, we can obviously see it in how they are supporting um, the system, but it's kind of just nice to hear them say like, oh yeah, no, we, we've realized that it is an important like pillar of what we do to say, man, Doom Eternal is coming to the Switch. Uh, Yacht Club, the studio behind Shovel Knight, yeah. is teasing that there will be a first look at an all new game coming to the Shovel Knight treasure trove. Uh, honestly, by the time you're listening to this, it, may, it might be in that direct uh-huh. that comes out nine hours after we uh, post this thing. But the studio specifically mentioned IGN as a place to look for more information about it this week. So, uh, also, um, PAX West is this week as well, right? So, it, it, could, it could be there. Um, we'll, we'll see more about this. Uh, Mark, do you have any, like, idea or thought as to whether this is just the King of Cards? It seems like a weird way to couch it, if it is. Because we've are we already kind of know a little bit about King of Cards, right? Like, why would you tease as like a new game? Yeah. yeah. Um. But I mean, the the uh, the reason that there have been so many like different um, expansion passes or you know different campaigns to Shovel Knight is that they were all like Kickstarter stretch goals. Um. And so they sort of like were 
contractually obligated with their audience to make these additional um, you know, missions and modes in this game. But I wonder if they've just been so successful with straight up selling the game since it came out that they're like, you know what, we've got another campaign in us. We've got more ideas. Um, and that's what this is. Or like, I don't know. I, I wonder if it's going to be the same, like the same kind of thing of like a side scrolling, like action game, like the other campaigns have been, or if it's something different, like are we getting like a shovel knight tactics game or uh, a, a, a puzzle game or, you know, what, 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 what could it be? Mark, it could be anything. Which is always exciting. Yeah. I mean, I, I like those guys. They make uh, one good game that is actually like four good games. So uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm whatever it is, I'm there for it. Mario Kart 8 Deluxe will be compatible with the new Nintendo Labo Vehicle Kit that's coming out next month. Mm-hmm. Uh, previously, you've been able to control Mario and the other characters with the motorcycle uh, toy con that came in the variety pack that you could build from the variety pack. Which I've still never put together, by the way. <laughs> but the steering wheel, pedal, and like the key that come that you build with the Labo Vehicle Kit all have some sort of functionality as well. Yeah, they released a trailer for this last week. Um, and, you know, obviously the pedal uh, is, is your gas and you steer with the steering wheel, um, but you throw weapons by honking the horn, <laughs> which I think is great. Because if you're playing the game and you push the throw weapon, uh, throw item button and you don't have an item, they honk the horn. Yeah, so that's really fun. Stands to reason that they're always honking the horn. Is that how shells. it worked on the Wii U? Because there was a horn, right? Oh, did it throw that's weapons? Interesting. I don't think it did. I don't think it did because the horn was just the A button, right? If you were like steering with the the motion controls, mm, maybe. Who can remember? According to a report from NextN.es, Super Mario Party will only support Joy Cons. So, so like no Pro Controller, right? Um, no GameCube controller. No GameCube controller. <laughs> Sorry, Melee babies. Uh, this makes sense. Oh yeah. Yeah, this makes perfect sense. And I mean it's it's maybe one of those things where like uh it probably also means that you can't play uh Mario Party in handheld mode. Is that can we also assume that too? Oh yeah, yeah, that's actually probably true. If you're going to have to be like twisting the controller around in a But I mean, you know, it, it, it would, Mario Party would be a weird game to play by yourself in handheld mode, right? Like yeah. put it down on the table in tabletop mode or throw it up on the TV. Um, and, and play it that way. Um, yeah, this this is not not a surprise to me. I guess it's just uh, I can't really think of other games that uh, require you to use the the Joy Cons. Yeah, uh, Arena of Valor. It's a, a MOBA, free to play MOBA, mm-hmm. is launching for Switch next month, and we learned that it won't require a Nintendo Switch Online subscription to play. Interesting. So the theory kind of is that free to play games won't require a subscription. So you're saying Fortnite? I think so. Whoa. That's pretty bold. Paladins, no. I mean, I guess it makes sense. It would be weird to gate a free-to-play game. Sense-ish, though, because, like, both uh, Xbox uh, Xbox Live and um, PlayStation Plus, you need both of those services to play games online. And those are both subscription services, so, like, everyone else is doing it. It would be... I mean, I guess Nintendo just has been doing it for free until they get this thing off, off the ground. Which, by the way, second half of September is coming up real fast. Uh, still don't know what those other 10 games are <laughs> that are coming with the service. Um, 
Yeah, I guess it uh, it is surprising to me that Arena Valor doesn't require you to be subscribed to the Nintendo Online service. Uh, and then finally, Peppy will be pl- a playable character in Starlink Battle for Atlas, the Ubisoft like toys to life game that's sort of coming toys to out life, yeah. later this year. Uh, that's cool. I like Peppy. I like Star Fox stuff. The only reason I'm interested in this game is that it has some Star Fox stuff a- attached to it. Um, uh, it. It makes me think maybe there'll be more Star Fox content. In yeah, this. weird to just be like, uh, and also Peppy. Yeah, I mean, because when, when, when they were like, okay, Fox and the R-Wing, right? You're like, okay, yeah, I get it. He, it's a cameo. Yeah, that's like a f- strong standalone choice. Right. And they're like, but also maybe Peppy. I'm like, well, what? <laughs> Do you think there's a, a a universe where they release this game with those two characters, but not Falco and not Slippy? I I would love that actually. Dude, if they're really? just like <laughs> they're, they're just like, like just Peppy and Fox. yeah, they're just like uh I don't know like uh, Slippy's on vacation and um... surely Grippy makes an appearance <laughs> though. Well, obviously, and Crystal from <laughs> from Star Fox Adventures. Uh huh, definitely, she's uh, there too. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bill the dog, absolutely. Cat the cat. Uh huh. Some of these characters are poorly named. <laughs> Although I guess we started with Fox the fox. Um. I, I hope the Star Wolf guys are in there. I, I like them. Yeah, like that also makes sense to me that you'd have. I mean, just, let's just make just it a Star Fox game. In, yeah, just, just throw them all it, in. Yes, we should make it uh, Starlink Battle for uh, the for like Lilat Galaxy <laughs> is, is the name of the is the name of the universe in uh, Star Fox. Um, all right, uh, Mark, let's get out of the news. Okay, that is going to do it for this episode of the show. But before we go, we do want to acknowledge what happened in uh, Jacksonville, Florida. Um, There was a shooting at a Madden tournament. Um, Two people were shot and killed, Elijah Clayton and Taylor Robertson. Um, And then another nine were injured um, in the chaos and shooting that ensued. Uh, The gunman then turned the gun on himself and took his own life. Uh, This is obviously a a horrible, sad, and scary thing. It just happens way too much. It happens a lot. Um, and it's like hard to know like how to respond to it. Um, or you know, it's easy to feel powerless uh, when this sort of thing happens all the time. Uh, and the only way to really affect any kind of change in this uh, is to elect politicians that you know are interested in, in enacting stricter gun control laws. Uh, that's that's it. We've got too many of them, uh, too many guns, I mean, uh, and too many powerful interests controlling, you know, uh, an insane access to weapons that kill people. Um, so, so think about that. I mean, midterms are coming up. If you are eligible to register to vote, use that opportunity. Seek out, you know, candidates who uh, share your values. Yeah, it's important. People are dying. Uh, and for what I, I kind of view as a, a silly reason, like, you, you can like your guns. It doesn't mean that we should all have access to all of them all the time. Um, okay, Mark, let's spin this back up out of the, out of the serious thing and close out the show at high energy. Um, if you like this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society, please rate, review, subscribe, all that good stuff on Apple Podcasts. Share, 
with your friends who like Nintendo. Look, we're trying to get as much information as we can about Zelda NPCs, so you need to put us on message boards or whatever, right? We more people need to weigh in on this topic, right, Mark? We need help. We desperately need help desperately. You can follow us on Twitter. I'm at Patrick underscore Ellers. Mark is at MKE Mitchell. The show is at Nincart Society. The Facebook page is just Nintendo Cartridge Society. If you like Mark and Mind's opinions, we write about comic books on RecconPunch.com. Olivia Duncan made our logo. Our theme music is provided by 8 Betty. You can get more of his music by going to 8 or by listening right now. For my co-host, Mark Mitchell, this is Patrick Ellers saying they could put... Andros in there, right? Or his his nephew Andrew? His nephew's name Andrew. And thanks for listening. Campfire.